Welcome to Pop Culture Rx, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's award-winning podcast. Pop Culture Rx is where we sit down with a medical expert and talk through various health-related topics circulating in today's media. In our discussions, you'll hear from a variety of professionals sharing insight and advice on these newsworthy conditions. This is Pop Culture Rx. Did you know that biking lands more than a quarter million children a year in the U.S. Emergency Department? Studies have shown that wearing a helmet reduces your risk of a serious brain injury and death because during a fall or a collision, most of the impact of that energy is absorbed by the helmet rather than your head or your brain. Today, I'm here with Dr. Stephanie Bonney, a board-certified critical care surgeon with Hackensack Meridian Health and chief of trauma at Hackensack University Medical Center to talk to us about some helmet safety tips and tricks and all things that we can get to know about Dr. Bonney. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me here today. Before we talk about helmet safety, I'd like to get to know you a little bit. So can you tell us what brought you to trauma? So I, I'm a general surgeon, so in addition to taking care of your injuries, I can also take out your gallbladder or your appendix. Um, but I, when I was training, uh, really thought that the acuity of trauma, helping the injured patients, um, really in that critical moment of life where um, you know every patient that we see is just having a really bad day um, and being that person who's there to help them, to reassure them, to address the injuries um, was something that I thought was really um, exciting. I, I think that the um, from a medical standpoint, taking care of people who are, you know, very sick, bleeding sometimes, um, and the the physiology of that process is really interesting to me. Um, but as I was training, I felt more and more, um, and and even when I became a, a, an attending physician, that you know, so many of the people that I see in the emergency department have something happen to them that was preventable. And so I became really interested in prevention globally, and I've I've done a lot of work across lots of different types of prevention, so pedestrian safety, bike safety, um, safety in the home, um, uh, firearm injury prevention, and elderly falls are all, you know, really things that interest me in, in I'm very interested in spreading that message because I think that trauma really is a public health problem that is under-recognized and under-addressed. So um, I've, that's what I've spent my career uh, developing is public health and prevention programs uh, so that people don't actually become my patients. So, yeah. um, so I actually do want to put myself out of business, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Essentially. But, um, but I, you know, there's, it's such a prevalent problem in the United States that I don't um, foresee that being a problem anytime soon. But we do want people to be as safe and healthy as possible in their communities. And so getting these prevention methods messages out is really important. So let's talk about one of those, and that is bike safety. Mm -hmm. Why is it important to wear a helmet? I mean, the obvious. Yeah, so the um, when whenever you're biking or scooter or motorized scooters or any of these other um, ways that we sort of move around, uh, we're often sharing the road. And even in, with really good practices, you know, you may not always um, 
had, you know, there may be a car that comes across the, the median or there, you know, things happen just the same way that they do um, with car crashes. So it's really important that we protect ourselves as much as possible on, on our bicycles so that if there is an injury, it, it prevents any really, something really dangerous from happening. And there are a lot of really dangerous things that can happen uh, on a bike, like pelvic fractures and, and um, injuries to the internal organs. But typically we can manage those things pretty well. Um, pe- people come in and sometimes need you know different kinds of surgery or they may have broken bones. Um, but what's really devastating or what we really can't fix is brain injury. Um, and so the injury that happens at the time of the crash is what it is. And we can support people as they recover from brain injury, but the damage that was done by the initial impact is not something that we're able to reverse. And so that makes helmets and wearing protective gear, as well as you know sharing the road properly and making sure that um, we're safe and looking around and aware of what's happening around us when we're on our bikes, that makes all of that really important. Yeah, and probably one of the main things that you see in terms of brain injury is probably concussions. Yeah, so we see concussions and then we see um, you know, brain injuries that are worse than concussions, which um, involve bleeding in, into the brain. So um, a concussion is when you have a loss of consciousness, but there's no uh, bruising or bleeding inside of the brain. But sometimes we see, you know, what's worse than concussions, which is that there can be bleeding, um, uh, bruising. There's different types of of bleeding that have different um, ways of fixing them. We sometimes see skull fractures or facial fractures. Um, And then sometimes we see uh, what's called a process called diffuse axonal injury, which is where um, the nerves uh, get sort of jostled and actually shear against one another. Um, And those can be um, actually really devastating brain injuries if um, the person uh, has, you know, if they're bad enough that there's enough bleeding or enough damage. Um, So this is why the safety piece is so important. Yeah. And what would be some tips for buying a helmet or things like that? Like anything that you would suggest? So it's really important to get a well-fitting helmet. Um, Sometimes um, we might do something like, you know, um, and I'm I'm actually guilty of this with my own kids sometimes, which is they're they want to go on a bike ride and they're they can't find their helmet and it's like you know mom I can't find it and I just say oh just take mine, but that's not the right thing to do. The the especially for kids it's really important that you check um, you know every spring when you get the bike out for the year um, and and take it out of the garage and they're starting to go on their first bike rides for the summer, it's really important to make sure that they have a well-fitting helmet. So a well-fitting helmet should be snug, um, but not hard to actually get on. Um, and it should sit down over the head and not, and, and the chin strap should fit snugly as well. Um, a lot of uh, kids 
especially as they get into sort of the tween and teenage years, won't want to wear their helmet. So it's really important to insist on it, make it a practice from the time that they're very, very little. Um, so for example, um, with my kids, when they were just you know one or two years old, I would make them put their helmet on even if they were just going in the driveway with a tricycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's of course, I didn't really think that they'd have a significant brain injury from falling off a tricycle, but it set the habit um, for them. And now they know, um, sort of just like they almost feel uncomfortable in a car if their seatbelt isn't on. They right. feel uncomfortable on a bike without their helmet on. And so we've made that um, an important practice in our in our home. And, you know, I grew up, um, you know, decades ago where helmets were less of a big thing. So I didn't wear a helmet when I was a kid. And so even for me, it's, it's hard to um, sometimes get that helmet on. I'm like, oh, do I really need this? Um, but not only is it about me and protecting myself, but it's also about setting the example for the kids. So yeah. um, I really encourage adults, even if you're, um, you know, also on like sort of something that might be low energy, like a little scooter or something to always wear a helmet to set that example for your children. Yeah. Make helmets cool again. Yeah. And you can make them really cool. They make some really good ones. <laughs> um, and, you know, my kids put stickers all over theirs and, and do some other things. So you can do that to, to make it um, cool and safe. So basically, if you were injured on a bike, should you always come to the emergency room maybe you have a brain bleed, how would you know to to come in? So it's really important that if there's any loss of consciousness, um, if there's any blacking out at all, that you come to the emergency room to be evaluated. Um, Because that can be a sign that there might be a small bruise or a small amount of bleeding. And most of these um, uh, don't require any sort of treatment, um, except that we do give medications to prevent seizures um, in the first week after somebody has a small bruise on their brain, because the blood on the inside of the brain will irritate the brain and can cause um, seizures during those that first week. So we give medicine for a week um, that. Uh, that prevents seizures. So, you know, you might think, oh, I went through all this trouble to come to the hospital and all I got was a prescription, but it is really important. And more important than that, especially for children, is that we get them into um, like a concussion clinic or a visit with a neurologist as a follow-up who does um, specialize in concussion. Uh, Because with children especially, they may end up having um, some problems that really go unrecognized after having a minor brain injury. Like they might have some word finding difficulties or maybe they have a little bit of trouble with math at school where they didn't have trouble with math before. And we can offer a lot of really good therapies to get people back to where they were. Um, But we can't do that if we don't know that they were injured. So um, I would say that any... um, any injury where you lose consciousness is worth an evaluation. And then of course, anything else, if there's, you know, across the body. So bruising, swelling, um, anything that you might be concerned is a broken bone or bleeding. um, Those are all things that you should come to the hospital for. And it's probably you find a lot of, you know, I, I feel like a lot of football players, a lot of kids going through schools and contact sports, they all go through those neurology checkpoints now to, get that baseline on where they are. So it's probably a little bit easier for you all to see, you know, cognitively where they're at. 
Yeah, so we've come a long way in the last couple of decades in terms of treating kids with concussions um, and with any sort of brain injury. And these, the therapy and the physical occupational therapy and the cognitive therapy have really come a long way in our understanding of this process. Um, and a lot of that has come from what we've learned from the scans and the functional scans of of sports players who, you know, back in the 80s and the 90s had multiple um, uh, minor brain injuries, and now we've seen what's happened to them as they've gotten older. So um, we track this very, very carefully and take it very, very seriously in children. So even um, even a, a you know a bad blow where um, maybe uh, like in football where you didn't. Um, lose consciousness, but maybe your child's feeling a little off or has a headache afterwards, it's definitely worth a trip to the pediatrician just so that they're aware of it, even if it wasn't something that rises to the level of needing to come to the hospital, to the emergency room, like a loss of consciousness. Um, even kids who sort of feel off when they're playing sports, it's, it's definitely worth checking in with their pediatrician and making sure um, that it isn't something that they need to um, Follow you up know, on. Follow up on or stop or stop, you know, playing for a little while. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I did have a quick question because you are in trauma, you're chief of trauma here at Hackensack University Medical Center. Do you watch Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> um, I do not, actually. Um, I I think I watched a couple of episodes and then um, just it was a little unrealistic for me so um, I don't um, actually I watch things that have nothing to do with medicine because it's um, you know it's good to sort of get away into another world once in a while so because that was going to be my question like how real is um, Dr. Hunt like at the chief of trauma over at Grace Law Memorial but yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I will say of all the medical shows I've ever watched, I think the original first couple seasons of ER um, is probably the most realistic of all of the, the medical shows I've seen um, that aren't, you know, actual real-life documentaries. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to share with our listeners about bike safety or even just safety in general? I would just say that there's a lot of resources out on the web um, for if you're interested in safety. So there's um, the uh, Brain Injury Alliance, there's Safe Kids. These are all organizations that you can Google that offer a lot of resources about where you can get free helmets, where there might be giveaways, reflectors um, for nighttime for backpacks and bikes um, are all things that are really important. So. I would just, if you're interested, if you have kids, if um, you're looking for resources, there's plenty uh, that's available. And you can always uh, reach out to these uh, different organizations to learn more, and they can send you some information. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, Dr. Bonnie. Yeah, thank you for having me. If you have a topic you'd like for us to cover, submit your ideas on hmh4u.org backslash podcast. Your suggestion could be included in the You Asked For It special episodes. The material provided through this Help You podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.